You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So today what I wanted to look at, and I don't know if it'll take the entirety of our time, but the primary thing I wanted to do since it's Thursday is to go through and look at the NFL schedule and um, kind of do double duty today because kind of in a weird spot. We're still not technically eliminated from the playoffs, so I want to look at the games that matter in terms of how we get in, and also look at if we lose out, how do we you know, jump back into the top 10 of the draft and see how low we can get, etc., etc., because the fact of the matter is, as much as I am um, very excited about the draft, I'm excited that we have two first-round draft picks, which is something that we haven't had in a very long time assuming we don't trade out of it, and uh, the fact that this draft is set up quite nicely with a lot of the needs that we have being uh, plentiful, such as edge rusher. Um, despite all that, the Packers are still not technically eliminated, and one rule I made back in 2010 is to never count out the Packers. Now, I've pretty much already done that. If you've been listening, you know I pretty much did that, but I have to remind myself once in a while to reel it in, because, you know... As a refresher, this is 2010 Pack Daddy talking to 2018 Pack Daddy. Nothing about 2010 was screaming, dude, they're going to make it. Because it was the exact same. I mean, it wasn't the exact same thing. It was, it was very different. I don't think it was quite as dire. However, it was still a situation where the team just wasn't good, and you have to win out, and you have to get help, and then even if you get in, so what? You're not going to beat all these other teams? And I remember as I... I think I've said it once or twice before. When we got into the Super Bowl with the Steelers, that was the least nervous I was. As weird as that sounds, I knew with 100% certainty that we were going to win because it just—it was so ridiculous the way that this happened. I said, "There's no way we go through this and lose." Basically, this is like divine intervention. So this was meant to be. Just getting in was very improbable. Right, we had to win out, and we're just not a good team. We're not going to win out. We had to get help. We got the help. Then we went to play, what, the Eagles? Which, you know, eh. I think the Eagles are a better team, but it's still, okay, we beat them. And it was close, but it felt good. But then we had to go to Atlanta and Atlanta, and that was just impossible. I mean, that was, I don't, I don't even know if there was necessary, necessarily an equivalent right now. I would say similar to the Rams, but it's different than that. I mean, I, I would say they were probably as good as the Rams, but imagine if the Rams had, like, this crazy home field advantage. Maybe like the Patriots in New England, not exactly, but the Falcons were a very good team, but they just did not lose at home. Plain and simple, you don't lose at home. So it was just, you know, it's cool, we beat the Eagles, but there's no way. And we trounced the Falcons in Atlanta, unbelievable, 48-21. Then we went to Chicago, in Chicago, and we had already beat Chicago, not in Chicago, but I mean, it, you know, it felt doable, but still tough. Those games were, were I mean, this, this was still kind of back in the day where Chicago Bears versus Green Bay Packers was kind of weird. 
Like in in years when the Packers were better, the Bears would win. And in year like the well, Lovey Smith in in the Lovey Smith days and maybe a little bit prior because Lovey Smith his one goal was to beat the Packers. So it was always tough. It was always kind of weird. You know, when when we beat the Packers in Chicago, we beat them 10-3. Like that's not a score that we typically would see in a Packers game. Right? The Packers defense doesn't typically hold people to 3 points, although this was a pretty good defensive year. Held the Bills to 7, the Jets to 0, the Cowboys to 7, the Vikings to 3, the Lions to 7. I mean, that's Okay, it was a different year for the defense, but either way, then it was a it was a close game with Chicago, but we pulled it out. Probably a little closer than it should have been, but we won. And again, at this point, it's like, I'm sorry, Steelers, there's no way you're going to win this game. And even even today, when I go back and like rewatch that game, I'm watching it like, dude, we we very very narrowly lost this game. Like it was really close. It didn't feel close when I was watching it. It was a done deal. But anyways, all that to say, um, you know, I'm, I'm still in the tank camp. If, if not, you know, I, listen, I understand all this is about winning the Super Bowl anyways, and if we can do it this year, let's just do it. I, I get that. But a part of my issue is I'm looking at this team, and this team just isn't very good talent-wise, right? I've, I've been talking about it for a while in terms of the depletion of the talent because of, you know, what Ted Thompson has done. Not just for lack of drafting, but you look at, for example, the the defensive backs we've lost. Like, we, we didn't just draft uh, Randall and Rollins, and that was bad. We drafted Randall and Rollins and shipped off guys like uh, Micah Hyde. Well, look, in 2014, before we got him, we had uh, Micah Hyde, Morgan Burnett, Tremont Williams, Sam Shields, Casey Hayward, Devon House. All right, Devon House was never that good, but Casey Hayward, Sam Shields, Tremont Williams... Granted, we have Tremont back now, and it's kind of at the end of his career, but man, could we have used Tremont? It would have been nice to keep him. How about Sam Shields? Well, there were extenuating circumstances there. Casey Hayward, still a good football player. Micah Hyde, still a good football player. Morgan Burnett, I understand, end of his career kind of thing, we shipped him off, but still, it'd be kind of nice to have him right now. How about Josh Sitton? He's still a good football player. He's never had a down year. We could have kept him, decided not to keep him. T.J. Lang. You know, it's just, it's not just drafting poorly, but getting rid of everybody. So some of our top tier talent was sent away. It was never replaced. So I'm just, I'm kind of looking at it from a standpoint of it's not, it's not dire forever. We're not in, in, in line for a 10 year decline. It doesn't have to go that way, but we need some help and the help can come in free agency to some extent, but a team is never going to be built in free agency. A team is built foundationally in the draft. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. I'd like to be able to draft well, especially if it's just one year. Because I mean, if we come, if we bounce back in 2019, this was our one chance to, to get our top 10 draft pick. Especially with as many picks as we have, we get a bunch of early picks: early first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, on top of our extra first, extra fourth, and extra sixth. Then we come back in 2019 and dominate, and then we go back to 10 years of picking in at pick 25, or at least for the rest of Rogers' tenure. We'll see what happens after that. But I am concerned about about the roster. Not that, you know, it can't be fixed if we're picking late in the first round, but it gets to be tough. For example, let's just look at randomly, I picked 2016. Third pick overall in the draft was Joey Bosa. 32nd pick in the draft for a defensive end, Emmanuel Agba. Do you see a difference there? (laughs) There's a pretty big difference. Now granted, we got uh, Kenny Clark pretty late, and that's awesome, and it can be done. 
but I'm just trying to demonstrate that's sort of the difference we're talking about here. You know, the two picks later, the Jacksonville Jaguars got Jalen Ramsey at pick five. At pick 25, the Steelers got Artie Burns. Pretty big difference there. But whatever. As I've said, the most likely scenario is we win one or two games, we miss the playoffs, we end up drafting at like 16-ish, and um, both scenarios are, are, both of those things are terrible, right? We're not getting a top 10 pick, we're not even getting a high pick, because most of the elite talent is gone, you know, by 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, whatever, sometimes 3, <laughs> and then, you know, we still miss the playoffs, we still end up third, maybe second in the division. So it's just it's just terrible all around. So either way, I just like to pick one. Either win out or lose out. Pick a path and do it, and I will be content. But whatever happens against the Bears, that might be the track I choose. Like, if we beat the Bears, it's like, all right, forget it. Let's just do it, man. Whatever. If we lose to the Bears, that's it. Enough. Stop messing around. I know it's the Jets, but it's on the road, and you guys stink on the road, right? So come on. Come on. Don't mess this up. Lost to the Lions once before. You can do it again. Let's go. But anyways, again, today we're kind of in limbo. We'll see what happens. I'm I'm very skeptical. We'll talk more about the Bears game. But again, we lost to the Cardinals. All the stuff I've been saying prior, we lost our head coach. And although we won, you look at what we talked about yesterday with Pro Football Focus, and none of it really was all that impressive. The offense, I think, was, you know, from Pro Football Focus's standpoint, one of the worst offensive performances as far as guys that stood out. You know, some really stood out, but um, pretty much everybody, including guys like David Bakhtiari, just didn't really show up, which is pretty telling because my, my thought process was I'm not expecting the team to show up, and then we won. It's like, wow, they really rose to the occasion, but then if you look at it a little closer, some of these key guys, it's kind of like this is a really bad like, it wasn't bad overall, but for you, this is pretty bad. Could be injury-related, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whatever. But it, it, whatever. We're not talking about that today. We'll find out what happens after the Sunday game, and then we'll go from there. Uh, one other thing before we dive into that, the injury report, which is becoming a uh, staple of the show lately. For the Bears right now, they just have Allen Robinson as do not pract- did not practice. It's a hip injury. I'm, I'm willing to bet he's going to play. Outside of that, though, they did. It's not on the injury list, but I'm guessing you put a guy on IR, they don't put you on the list. I don't know what's going on. But uh, Bryce Callahan is out for the season with a broken left foot. Bryce Callahan, one of their cornerbacks. He's their slot corner. Uh, He's one of the guys that I mentioned that's really, really stepped up. Very, very good corner. So that's going to be a big hit for them in the long run. Not a huge, you know, thing for us. I mean, obviously it helps a little bit. Put uh, Cobb in the slot, and suddenly he has an easier matchup. But otherwise, uh, they're they're doing pretty well. For the Packers, however, Mr. Bashad Breland, groin injury. Um, it says he did. So it says he didn't practice, and he has a groin injury, but not injury related. So he's got a groin injury, and also, I don't know. He's sad about something. I don't know what happened. Either way, the groin injury is a little frightening, and that's one of those things that you don't want your cornerbacks to have. Uh, Brian Balaga has a knee injury, did not practice. A lot of people are speculating he's probably done for the year. I don't know. We'll see, but a uh, good chance he won't play, which means Spriggs would come in for Balaga, which means Spriggs would be up against Khalil Mack. You can do the math on that one. Kenny Clark has an elbow injury. He did not practice, so that's wonderful. 
Jimmy Graham didn't practice, just like every week he'll probably play, because like every week. Uh, Randall Cobb, Clay Matthews, and Lane Taylor were all limited. We'll see what happens. And then Aaron Rodgers and Equinemius were full participation. I'm not sure why they're even on this list anymore. Those guys have been on the injury list for a while now at full participation. Maybe they're fine. We should take them off the list. I don't know. So anyways, the Packers are banged up. It's what happens at the end of the year. People get hurt. Not really to the Bears, apparently, but it does happen to the Packers. Otherwise, no real news on the uh, coaching front. That's gone kind of quiet, aside from uh, rampant speculation from the fans. So, all right, let's dive in. I don't know if you can hear that background noise. I apologize for that. It's very loud and obnoxious, but um, it's just one of those things, man. I don't have a studio. Like I said, if every single person listening to this gave a dollar a month, I mean, maybe I could afford a studio. (laughs) I mean, I could, but... My wife would be mad at me, so I probably wouldn't, so never mind. Like, why do you have to spend it all on a studio? Just go record in the basement, and then we would have all the money, and rather than spending it, you have to go somewhere else to record. I don't know. Fine. Speaking of, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. Otherwise, there is a link in the description for a one-time donation if you'd like to go that route. Any and all help would be greatly appreciated. Packernet.com for all your news, notes, and information. Join the Facebook group. Jump in the CBS Pick and Pool, which I need to do after this podcast before I forget. It's free. Link's in the description, just for fun. Otherwise, NFLBigBoard.com. Um, again, depending on what happens on Sunday, it might be time to 100% turn your attention to the draft. Uh, either way, you know, I, I've i been learning you need to do it earlier and earlier, and um, basically I'm kind of to the point now where I try to keep my ear to the ground now for prospects, and then the like the second the draft is over, Especially now that I have NFLBigBoard.com, my goal is going to be to build the uh, 2020 draft board. So the earlier the better. Uh, there's there's never a lack of, of information, and um, I think what I've built is something that makes it about as easy as you know. Again, it's it's my it's my favorite draft tool. So if you haven't checked it out, it's it's about as user friendly as it comes. Everything you need to know about every prospect is right there for you. Beyond that, I did do a uh, seven-round mock for the Packers. It was just for fun. I actually, what I did, that was a little bit different. If you want to check it out, you can, but I think it's kind of interesting anyways. I decided that I kind of wanted to know, before I even did a mock draft, I was just curious about something. Just looking at the starters, forget the depth. Fill out a 11-man offense and 11-man defense, kind of. I mean, I it was probably more than that because I did three wide receivers and two running backs and uh, whatever. But then I assigned a grade to each, and it wasn't just 2018 grade. Like, for Jair, yeah, it's just the 2018 grade. But then for, like, Nick Perry, I averaged out his years. For other guys, I averaged out, like, the last three years, like Balaga, because I didn't really want to capture those really dominant years because he doesn't have that anymore. The reason I did Perry's entire career is because I wanted to include the good years because he did perform that, but I also wanted to go all the way back to when he was trash when he first started and just take the whole thing into account. So in other words, give what I felt was the most fair and reasonable grade for a potential, like what could they be in 2019? What what could we reasonably expect? Because I, I, I'm not going to look at Perry and say he's going to do what he did this year. I have to assume he's going to get better. Not good, but better. So anyways, I assigned a grade for every single starter on the Packers roster and then I just ordered it in Excel, and that was my list. And then I went in the draft, and I drafted using the reverse order, and it was a little different than even I expected. 
and I assumed I was going to get some people that were pretty upset. For example, the biggest need, and I shouldn't say biggest need because need is also based on position, but the worst starting player on <laughs> on the entire team was Kevin King at the cornerback uh, three spot. Kevin King, worse than McCray, worse than, you know, everybody. And I figured that would probably upset several people, but, you know, fact of the matter is he has not been good. Something I haven't touched on all that much because I don't want to rain on everybody's parade because a lot of people are like, dude, Kevin King's pretty good. Kevin King's never really been good. Kevin King is a year or two away from being a complete bust, and that's not even including the injuries. That's just accounting for his play. He's made some good plays, but, I mean, dude just gets beat all the time. And then beyond that, the second worst position was free safety because free safety was Tremont Williams, and he was our second worst starter. (laughs) So, anyways, I thought it was a fun exercise. If you want to see the entirety of it, I did put the whole list on there from worst to first. And then I did a uh, mock draft as a result. Mock has, like, videos, and I put the full depth chart at the end of what the starting roster would look like with the new draft pick. So it was a fun little exercise. I enjoyed doing it, and it's also a good way to kind of get familiar with some of the prospects. So, anyways, let's take a look at these games that we got coming up. First of all, today we have the Chargers and Chiefs. This does not matter to us. might matter to you. Um... I don't really know that I care. I feel like I want the Chargers to win just because I want to see the Chiefs fall off. Because we're, we're talking about, you know, again, I, I my eye is continually toward the future, not just 2018. The Chiefs are certainly the up-and-coming team, and I, I'd like to believe that they're not going to be good forever. That, you know, they're, they're going to be like a lot of these other teams that flash for a year or two and then fall off, as opposed to teams like the Packers, which, granted, we're not there anymore, but if we can get back there, that'd be great, that are just perpetually very, very good football teams because they do things the right way. So it'd be nice from that standpoint for the Chargers to win. Uh, beyond that, I, the Chargers just, they I don't, I don't get it. I mean, their record is good. They're just, they're not as good as they should be. But I'm also torn because I'm starting to get mad at the Chargers for not being as good as they should be. They're losing to teams they shouldn't lose to. But whatever, I guess I'm leaning toward Chargers, but it has no implication on us, so it doesn't matter. Um, apparently there are Saturday games. I don't know why. I know toward the end of the year we do this. Uh, I always thought it was on, like, Christmas weekend that we did this. I don't know why we're doing it this weekend. Not that I care, because another day of football where I get to see more games as opposed to missing all the games because they're all on at the same time, I'm fine with that. just think it's weird. But the uh, the early game on Saturday is Jets-Texans, and uh, we should definitely be rooting for the Jets to win. The Texans, uh, the Texans losing means nothing to us, because if we're talking about the draft, if we lose out, it's not going to matter what the Texans do. It's a long shot for the Jets. The Jets are going to have to win several. But the fact of the matter is, if the Jets win and we lose out, that means we lose to the Jets. That means we have five wins. They would end up with six wins. So, Jets winning... And us losing out means Jets will be uh, drafting later than us. We will be ahead of the Jets. So we should be rooting for the Jets. It doesn't have any negative implications for the draft. And it's always nice when that happens. So we can root for one team regardless. And it doesn't, you know, either helps us one way and doesn't hurt us the other way. The other game is uh, Browns-Broncos Saturday night. The Browns have the same record as us, 5-7-1. and one. I believe if we end up with the same record, that means we have to rotate. At this stage, I believe we draft earlier than they do. 
if we end up with the same record, but then, you know, we would draft later than them in the second round, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't want that. Um, Denver is one game ahead of us. Uh, they have no, has no implication on the draft whatsoever. So I just want Cleveland to win. That'll put them a game ahead of us in the draft. If we lose and if we win, then we're playing for the playoffs. It doesn't really matter. And it, 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 it would still help as far as the draft. Cause even if we, even if we win, it'd be nice to have a better draft order or draft position than, you know, than not. So definitely want the Jets to win. Probably should root for the Browns. Looking at Sunday, Cardinals-Falcons. Um, definitely going to be pulling for the Falcons in this one. Uh, it's not going to hurt us as far as the draft is concerned. Arizona is a three-win team. Arizona would have to win out with their last three games in order to be ahead of us. The Falcons just need to win two. If they beat the Arizona Cardinals, which is very likely, they're one game away from, uh, from us drafting higher than the Falcons. Their remaining games are the Panthers and the Buccaneers. The way the Panthers are playing and uh, the Buccaneers being as garbage as they are, it's possible they win one of those two games. So either way, again, it's not going to hurt to just root for the Falcons and hope that they can pull it out. Raiders-Bengals, it's another one that's pretty good for us. Um, it's, it's very similar to last week where you got bad teams that are drafting ahead of you and you assume, well, they're bad. They're probably not going to be winning a lot of games, but they're playing other teams that are drafting ahead of us that are even worse. So the Bengals are one of the teams that we leapfrog when we when we won. So when we went from drafting 10th to drafting 12th, we leapfrog Cincinnati Bengals. If we lose and Cincinnati wins, which they should against Oakland, then uh, we'll be back uh, ahead of the Bengals in the draft. Again, no negative implications for the playoffs, so there's no reason not to root for the Bengals. Vikings-Dolphins is another one that's uh, relatively simple. It might seem complicated, but it's, you know, it's not. Rooting for the Dolphins. The Vikings are drafting later than us, and again, if we lose out, it's not going to matter. Even if they lose out, we still draft before them. Beyond that, in order to get into the playoffs, we need the Vikings to uh, lose. So the Vikings losing helps us for the playoff race, and it does not hurt us as far as uh, as the draft goes. So these have all been pretty straightforward. Cowboys-Colts really doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to be rooting for the Colts just because the Colts have no impact whatsoever on us. Um, and the Cowboys, well, they're an NFC team that I'd like to see lose just because. Beyond that, though, there is like a .001% chance that um, we need the Cowboys to lose out in order to get into the playoffs. I know none of the formulas are telling you that, but, I mean, there's there's a billion different scenarios that could happen. They're, you know, like the, the whole thing with the Redskins needing to just lose one, whatever. Let's just say, for example, the Washington Redskins win out. If the Redskins win out, they're a nine-win team. If they're a nine-win team, we can't beat the Redskins. The only way that we get a wild-card spot over Dallas is if we win out and Dallas loses out. Again, .0001% chance any of this happens. Washington isn't going to win out, Dallas isn't going to lose out, and we're probably not going to win out. But that would be a really ridiculous scenario in which Washington is 9-7, and seven, Dallas is 8-8, eight and eight, and we're 8-7-1, eight, and one, and we get a wild-card over Dallas. And there's just, there's, there's no reason to root for Dallas <laughs> either way. All right, again, looking at 2019 and beyond, Dallas is starting to look like a real, really solid, you know, contender type team. They're one of the few teams with a solid offense and defense, which in my opinion is, these are the more dangerous teams, right? The Patriots are more dangerous because they've, they, they have the offense, but they also have a solid defense. Uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys have a really solid defense, but they also have an offense that can back them up. 
The Steelers, I, you know, they seem a little more volatile. They've lost three in a row, so I don't know if I can even talk about them anymore, but they at least had that for a while, so that was something that was somewhat impressive. The Rams have a good offense, not a good defense. The Chiefs have a good offense, terrible defense. The Saints have a good offense, not a very good defense. Right? Chargers, eh. If they can get that defense up, especially with Bosa back, they could be a real threat. Houston, I, you know, the defense is real good. If they can get that offense back to being a high-flying offense, which is going to be tough with no run game and no offensive line, but they could be a threat. Chicago, real good defense, but they got to get the offense going. If they can get the offense going, they got as good a chance or better than just about anybody. But they need an offense that can consistently beat other defenses, and they just don't have that right now. All right, so Dallas, I mean, Dallas, in my mind, is, is one of the bigger contenders just because they do have that. How long they can sustain it, I don't know, because it just kind of came out of nowhere right around the time Amari Cooper showed up. So it could just be one of those things where it's like defenses have to figure out, okay, this is a new Dallas Cowboys team. They're playing differently. We have to account for Amari Cooper now. Once they figure that out, it all goes back down the tubes. But looking at 2019 and beyond, I would like to see Dallas start to lose because I don't want Dallas to go on a run. Right? Yeah, they lost their first-round pick, but they now have a young quarterback, a young running back, a young Amari Cooper. There's a lot of talent, and a lot of their talent is youth. Right? Their linebacker, Leighton Vander Esch, real talented dude. He just got drafted. A lot of their talent is extremely young. That is a recipe for long-term success. So yes, I would like to see them lose. I would like to see this team that was just a few weeks ago talking about firing their head coach because he's not good. I'd like to see that team start losing again. Yes, please. Thank you very much. Ravens, Buccaneers. We definitely like the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win. They are 5-8. and eight. If we lose out, they're going to have to win at least one game. Baltimore Ravens don't matter as far as uh, anything. So yes, definitely want Tampa to win that game. Lions-Bills is kind of tough. On one hand, you could say, I mean, this is kind of similar to Bill's Jets the other week, where if you want kind of the best of both worlds and get greedy, you root for one team. If you want to just take what's easy, you root for the other team. So in this situation, well, first of all, from the standpoint of the playoffs, we have to win out. So if Detroit wins and we're talking about the playoffs, it doesn't really hurt us. So neither of these teams can really hurt us as far as the playoffs are concerned. So I'm really just looking at kind of the draft here. Now, if we lose... And I know what Packer fans want. They want Detroit to lose, which is fair, because if we lose and Detroit wins, suddenly we're fourth in the division. And, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it makes me sick, too. But we do leapfrog Detroit in the draft. Here's kind of the greedier scenario, though. And, yes, it still ends with being fourth in the division either way. I'm sorry. That's just the way it goes. You want to draft high, you got to be worse than everybody. Can't have it both. You can't be better than everybody and draft higher than them. That's not how the NFL works. If the Bills win, then you have the Buffalo Bills at five and nine, Detroit Lions at five and nine. Then you have a situation where if we lose out and lose to the Lions, we draft higher than the Lions, and we just need the Buffalo Bills to win one more, and we are ahead of the Lions and the Bills. If the Lions win, the Bills would have to win two more in their last two games. Pretty unlikely we end up leapfrogging the Buffalo Bills. So if we want to get greedy and get real high, we probably want to root for Buffalo. I'm assuming most Packer fans are want, want to root for Buffalo to beat Detroit anyways because they hate Detroit. So let's just call it Buffalo. Bears-Packers is the only game that I've come to so far, might be the only one, I don't know, um, that there's a conflict. <laughs> because on one hand, we want to win out. On the other hand, you want to lose out. So 
you got to pick a path, and it can only go one of two ways here. They are directly inverse. So I'm just not going to touch it because, um, you know, pick a path and you know who to root for. If you want to get in the playoffs, you want the Packers to win. If you want a higher draft pick, you want the Bears to win. There's probably a third category of a lot of people who would like a higher draft pick. However, I want to beat the Bears. So beat the Bears and then lose to everybody else. But that also means losing to the Lions. I don't know, man. Listen, it ain't easy being in the tank squad, man. Going to have to deal with the ridicule. Going to have to deal with the sick feeling in your stomach that the Bears won. But again, understand the goal here. The Packers are not a good team this year. It would be nice in 2019 to win the division. It would be nice in 2019 to, to make a run at the Super Bowl. Again, I'm, I'm looking long term. I want to dominate the NFC North and make a run at the Super Bowl every year for the rest of Rodgers' tenure. If that means enduring one year of being fourth in the division, losing to the Bears, losing to the Lions twice, you know, g- going 0 uh, 1 and 1 with the Vikings, I don't care. This has been a painful season as it is. It doesn't add that much grief to me. This is a lost season. That's just me, though. So I, I'm not worried about the whole tanking thing. I don't mind losing to the Bears as much as I know that's going to make a lot of people upset. It, it doesn't bother me. If we win, that's awesome, but we better win out. And we better get some help, and we better get into the playoffs, and we better make a legitimate push. Because we are sabotaging a chance at something really awesome. And I'm just going to sit there at the draft with my arms folded, watching all the talent fly off the board, and just sitting there waiting to get to pick, you know, 27 as we draft, I don't know, Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle out of Notre Dame or some nonsense. I don't know. I'm just going to be pouting the whole time. But anyways, that's that. Redskins-Jaguars is going to be somewhat of another conflict. We do need the Redskins to lose one. Um, I would prefer it to not be this one. Uh, the Jaguars are somewhat of a long shot anyways. Being 4-9, and nine, they'd have to win two games for us to lose out and leapfrog the Jacksonville Jaguars. But um, I still would like to do it. So uh, I would assume most Packer fans are going to be rooting for Washington to... Oh, wait, what am I talking about? That's exactly what we want for both scenarios. We want Washington to lose. We want Jacksonville to win. It helps us in the draft. It helps us in the playoffs. It's good for both. keep forgetting that it's like opposite for draft and you want win on one side, lose. I don't know. It's upside down and inside out. We want Jacksonville to beat Washington. Titans-Giants is another straightforward one. Giants are 5-8. and eight. We are 5-7-1, and one, which means we draft later than the Giants. If the Giants win and we lose, we draft higher than the Giants. So definitely rooting for New York in that one. Seahawks 49ers really doesn't matter all that much um, for the draft. Um, For the playoffs, one of the scenarios, which is pretty unlikely, but one of the scenarios is the uh, Seattle Seahawks need to lose three, meaning they would need to lose out and we would have to win out. So relatively unlikely, but whatever. It's not going to hurt anything. So I guess we want Seattle to lose that one to the 49ers. (laughs) Which is not going to happen. Patriots-Steelers, we want the Steelers to win. Because, I mean, duh. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Who cares? It's not like I'm a big Steelers fan anyways. But uh be nice to see the Patriots lose once in a while. I do enjoy that. I mean, they've, they've gotten uh, they've had some pretty bad beats. Losing to the Lions was pretty embarrassing. Losing to Miami the way that they lost was pretty embarrassing. Losing to the Tennessee Titans the way they lost to the Tennessee Titans was pretty embarrassing. 
Uh, Rams-Eagles, I'm definitely going to be rooting for the uh, Eagles in this one, partly because of the whole Rams thing. I'd like to see them start to fall off for all the reasons that I've said about the other good teams. Beyond that, the uh, the Eagles are 6-7, and seven, so if we kind of go on one of those weird things where we win like two and then lose one, like if we lose to the Bears and then win out, um, that would put us at seven wins. And if Philadelphia loses out the rest of the season, they stay at six wins, which means we draft um, later than the Eagles, and I don't want that to happen. If they get the seven wins, we're in relatively decent shape, but I'd like to see them at eight just to make sure they stay ahead of us. And if we win out, we're, we're still ahead of them anyway, so... Eight wins for the Eagles would be ideal. If we win out, we're ahead of the Eagles. If we uh, win two, we're behind the Eagles. and it just, it's, it's just what I want, all right? Just let me have what I want. Finally, Monday night, Saints-Panthers. Um, yeah, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty similar to the last game, uh, but with a little extra twist to it. I would like to see the Saints start losing. Carolina is also 6-7, and seven, so they're another team that would be nice if they could win two and uh, lose the third, just not this one. Although, you know what? They play the Saints twice. I'd like them to beat the Saints twice. Now, it's not going to help us so much as far as the draft next year, um, you know, because we have their pick. However, if the Saints start to slip and can lose immediately in the playoffs and we get pick 25 or whatever, that would be pretty ideal. As a matter of fact, let me check something real quick. I don't think they've necessarily clinched anything yet. I mean, the playoffs maybe, but not, not the bye yet possible they could lose in the wild card round that would be fantastic yeah they absolutely could if, if they uh the bears could definitely unseat them and actually actually interestingly enough we want the rams to continue to win because we kind of want to box the saints out of their bye so if the rams and the bears get the first and second seed and because the saints won we need the rams to stay ahead of the saints so yeah as, as much as people are really going to be mad at me now for rooting for the bears there is a scenario in which the Saints get boxed out of their first round bye. I suppose it could be Dallas that does it. All right, here's how this works. Bear with me, and I'm, I'm, we're going to assume that the Packers are not going to be in this, all right? For those of you still rooting for the Packers to get into the playoffs and think it's going to happen, just ignore this part. So the Rams are the first seed, and the Bears are the second seed. The sixth and the third seed play each other in the wild card round, and that ends up being the Vikings and the Cowboys. Cowboys throttle the Vikings and knock them out. As the third seed, they would go on to play the second seed, which is the Bears. So Dallas beats the Vikings, and then they knock out the Bears, and all is right with the world. Beyond that, Seattle ends up beating uh, the Seahawks, or Seattle beats the Seahawks. That'd be fun to watch. Seattle beats the Saints, and then they play the Rams, and who really cares? I suppose ideally the Rams beat Seattle, and then the Rams go on to play Dallas, and the Rams beat Dallas, and we don't have to worry about a Dallas Super Bowl. Don't really care about the Rams. They can do whatever they want. In fact, if the Rams play the Patriots in the Super Bowl, then yeah, go all power to the Rams, man. Go get it done. Then we got the Vikings losing the first playoff game. The Bears lose their first playoff game. The Saints lose in the wild card round. The Patriots lose in the Super Bowl. That's a good year, man. The Packers end up drafting 7th. The Saints losing as a fourth seed would mean that their draft pick, I believe, would be uh, 22nd? So we would get the seventh and the 22nd pick. That wouldn't be so bad. Although it would also depend on the AFC teams. Maybe 23rd. I don't know. Whatever. It would be earlier than 25th, and that's all I care about. Anyways, long digression. But it's, it is interesting, man. It's, it, we got a lot of moving pieces here. A lot of things that I want and a lot of things I don't want, and sometimes they conflict. 
the Bears can help us with the Saints losing, but I don't want the Bears to win, so I don't know. I drew up what I believe to be the best-case scenario. Outside of the Packers winning the Super Bowl, I get that. I know, we're going to win it all. But anyways, that's it. We want the uh, the Panthers to win, and I'm not going to run through it again, but that's pretty much the entirety of what we're looking at. So if we look at the draft then, um, we have the possibility, and it, you know, there's other scenarios, like I said, if Detroit ends up losing, then Buffalo kind of gets into the mix. But there is a chance if Cincinnati, the Giants, Detroit, and Tampa win and we lose, we would be drafting eighth right out of the gate. Depending on the Falcons, the Jets, and the Jaguars, not so much Buffalo because we assume that they lost. But if Jacksonville and or the Jets and Falcons win, then we're only one game away from them. So, you know, long shot. Not so much a long shot as far as moving up back into the top ten. Long shot to get up super high in there. But, you know, who knows? And hey, since we want to get crazy with it and talk about how it's possible we can get into the playoffs, let's look best case scenario for the draft. So I went through and kind of just played with a couple different things here. Granted, nearly impossible, but let's just let's just do best case scenario for the draft. As it stands, in the AFC East, we could have the Bills and the Jets both at seven wins. And we're talking about the Green Bay Packers losing out. That would make us five and ten, meaning we draft higher than everybody in the AFC East. The AFC West, the, t- the only team worse than us would be the Oakland Raiders. If they win out, they would be five and eleven. AFC South, Jaguars and Tennessee Titans are seven win. Cleveland in the AFC North, seven wins. Uh, NFC East, Washington is seven wins. Arizona Cardinals, another team that is five and 11, so we can't surpass them. NFC South, worst case scenario, Atlanta and Tampa, seven and nine. And the NFC North, the Detroit Lions would be seven and nine. Meaning, best case scenario, all things falling into place, the Packers could draft third. Is it nearly impossible? Yes, but the playoffs are pretty impossible, as are as is a Super Bowl championship this year. So, um, again, my expectation is to win one or two of our games, draft around 15, 16, 12-ish, 13, 14, somewhere in that range, not make the playoffs, and uh, just have this whole season be kind of a waste. And then, of course, the, uh, the Saints will probably win the Super Bowl, and we will draft 32nd with their pick, and it'll, it'll just be the worst-case scenario. That or, you know, they'll lose in the NFC Championship and the Bears will win the Super Bowl, and then this will really be the worst, just the worst. But it's still early, and we can still dream. We can dream about a Super Bowl. We can dream about drafting third and the Saints, you know, losing their pick at 24 or whatever. The Vikings don't even make the playoffs. The Bears lose to the... the Panthers as, as as the third seed after winning the division at 10 and 6 because Minnesota and Detroit couldn't even get to 8 wins. <laughs> I mean that's it could be worse, man. Like nobody can even talk. The Bears are going to brag about what? Their garbage offense going 10 wins, losing in the first round to the Carolina Panthers in the playoffs. I mean if you can't get to 8 and 8, Minnesota and Detroit, you can't brag about anything. I tell you what, Rather be five ten and one and get the third overall pick, than be uh, you know seven eight and one and draft nineteenth. See, I I don't really like how wide open this is. There's so many broad possibilities, but it does bring a lot of interest and intrigue into. Uh, I I need to I need to write all this stuff down so I have it with me. So as these games are going on, I can root for this person or that person or whatever. Especially just like for Sunday noon games, so I can you know remember what's what and have rooting interests elsewhere. 
Because we're talking, you know, big implications, man. We're talking playoff implications. We're talking, you know, top 10 draft pick implications. Stuff's heating up. Anyways, going to be kind of a short one today, regardless of whatever camp you're in. Hopefully I was able to kind of give you some insights as to what it is we're looking for. A lot of long shots for the Packers to not have a mediocre season, which seems like that's going to be the uh, the outcome. And mediocre is just the worst thing you can be. Either be awesome or be terrible. Do not be mediocre, but it looks like we're, we're heading toward that. But then again, we got some new coaches coming in. We got some new stuff to look forward to. So anyways, you folks enjoy your Thursday. We're nearly done with it. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.